Katie Books Productions presents Lenny Gray, an audio drama written, produced, and narrated by Earl Sewell. Previously on Lenny Gray. What, what, what do you mean that you, what, what do you mean by that, that, that Willie? I, I, I want to go. I just couldn't pass the test is all. If I didn't did shake, 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 shake so much when I'm trying to sit still, I, I, I could go. Bud said defensively. I mean, I want to be like you so I don't have to go, Willie explained. Want me to run over your, 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 your head with a with, 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 with wagon wheel? Bud placed his fork on the table and looked at his brother. He was more than willing to do this thing for Willie, no matter how odd it sounded. Ain't nobody gonna run over his head, Curly finally spoke. Lenny Gray felt as if death had descended upon her and placed its cold hands on her shoulders yet again. She felt a familiar chill run the length of her spine, the same chill she felt when she lost Tommy. The devil didn't come to take another one of her children, she thought. Mama, is you okay? asked Bud. this happening? Why can't I have no kind of peace when it comes to my children? Lenny Gray whispered. Why are they bothering us? We ain't did nothing to nobody. I ain't going, Willie said with absolution. When the military truck come around here looking for me, I ain't gonna be around. Maybe we can talk to somebody, Curly suggested. We can't talk to nobody, Willie said. He removed the crumpled-up letter from his pocket and slung it on the table. Maybe we can get in touch with those government workers who helped us get the farm, said Lenny Gray. They seem like quality white people, and maybe they can do something for us. Don't you get it, Ma? They did do something for us. They built this house. The only reason President Roosevelt is being so nice is so that he can butter black folks up to go off and fight. I hear the news radio all the time, and I hear that's what they say. I heard about Hitler over there telling black soldiers to turn against America and fight for them. If they win, Hitler said he'll treat us better. So Roosevelt decided that he had better start treating black folks better so we think we special. We ain't so special, Ma. They done built this house for us, and now it's time to pay up, Willie said bitterly as he cut his mother down. They sending me to hell. Uh, Willie, I know you upset, but don't talk to your mother that way, and... Curly stopped talking. The word hell got stuck in his mind 
and wouldn't disappear. For a moment, couldn't figure out why, he sat still, looking at his son uneasily. It ain't right. Willie folded his arms and leaned back on the hind legs of the chair. I don't want to go off to no war, he thought, foreshadowing the misery of his life outside of farming, which was the only life he knew. If, 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 if I could go for you, I'd, I'd do it because I ain't afraid, said Bud. So what are you saying, I'm chicken? Willie allowed the chair to slam down hard on the floor. If you break mama chair, Willie, you gonna get it. Minnie threatened her brother for her parents. Curly. Lenny Gray placed her hand on top of his. Her touch snapped him out of his blank stare. I'll come with you so you won't be afraid, said Roosevelt, the youngest of the three boys. Uh, you, 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 you're too young. E e even I know that. Bud chimed in. Uh, Willie, come step outside on the porch with me. Curly and Willie rose up from their chairs and headed outside. Willie leaned his shoulder into one of the support beams and Curly positioned himself next to him and placed his hands on the banister. The two men remained silent for a while, choosing instead to focus on the vastness of the pasture before them. Curly remembered why the word hell got stuck in his mind. It was something John, the one-armed gravedigger, told him about Willie back during the flood of 1927. Curly couldn't comprehend how John could have known this sort of thing would happen. Then, he convinced himself that he heard John wrong. Of course you heard him wrong, he thought to himself. There was so much noise from the trees snapping and that hard rain falling. That's it, you, you heard him wrong. The silence between them became too uncomfortable for Willie, so he spoke. Ma told me that you were going to go off to the Great War. That was the war that was supposed to end all wars, Willie spoke softly. It, yeah, I, I was going to go. We was living back in Alabama then, and your sister Mary was about to be born. Oh, son, those were hard times back then. I wasn't going to join out of any sense of duty. I was doing it because I was trying to get paid. I heard that going to the war, I could get money to send back home. So, why didn't you go? Willie asked. Well, when I went to sign up, the war had ended. Huh, lucky for you, Willie said. Nah, son, lucky for you. Anything could have happened to me over there. I could have been killed, and then you would have never been born. Being killed ain't a word I want to hear right now, Willie said. He pointed his gaze at a tree and noticed there was a black crow looking at him and making a loud noise. I, I, I understand. Curly paused and searched his mind for more appropriate words. He loathed the fact that he couldn't think. He tried to internalize his shortcomings, but the emotions surrounding them were too strong. He felt tears surfacing, and he felt his throat getting tight. I've been listening to the radio, Willie said. They talk a lot about black men going to the war as a way to prove that we are men. They say we got to fight for two victories, one against Hitler and one against Jim Crow. Uh, Jim Crow ain't going nowhere, 
that much I can tell you, Curly said with conviction as he smeared away tears that had formed in the corner of his eyes. Then, why should I go fight for a country that don't treat me like, like I'm somebody? Why fight for a country that treat me real bad? Willie asked. Again, Curly couldn't think of an answer and felt bad because he couldn't provide Willie with the wisdom that he was asking for. Curly could not give what he did not have. So he said, Because that's just the way it is, son. I wish I had a better answer, but I don't. We ain't got no choice in this life. Things just happen, and, uh, and as a man, uh, well, you just got to make do the best that you can. Well, it ain't right. I know it ain't right, but we just poor colored country folks. We ain't never had much choice in nothing. It's been that way all my life, and your grandpa Tom's, and Grandma Ida's, and your great-grandmama Mary's life, too. Just ain't no getting around it. The moment black folks try to do better, trouble come. Even around here. The Klan been burning crosses and killing people. I heard Roy tell me that Negroes ain't got no right to take advantage of the government program like we done. He say he plan to burn Negroes out of the government-built houses. I suppose it won't be a matter of time before he come around here. That fool ain't come around here no time soon. He too busy worrying about his own boys being shipped off to the wall. Is that right? Curly asked. Yeah. I heard him talking about it at the general store when I went in there to buy me a soda pop. He asked me if I had been drafted, and I asked him why he wanted to know. He got mad and come from behind a counter with a stick. I think he was aiming to hit me with it. Then, funniest thing happened. John, one-armed grave digger, walked in, and Roy stopped dead in his tracks. I think he afraid of John. Did John say anything to you? Nope. Nothing at all. Willie paused and thought. Curly was having trouble dealing with his mixed emotions. One emotion confirmed that he was happy. John, the one-armed gravedigger, had said nothing to Willie. Another emotion was a sad one. Curly's heart ached because he knew there was nothing he could do to keep his boys safe from the government and the hell they were about to send his son into. He continued to search his mind for an answer or a solution that would set things right, but his mind was barren of knowledgeable thought. His intellect, along with his wife and children, had never developed beyond what sharecropping, poverty, and isolation could offer. Curly felt so badly about these circumstances that the only thing he wanted to do was drink heavily and numb out from his unwanted feelings. Well... If I got to fight, it makes sense to fight to win everything. I get a chance to stop Hitler and Jim Crow. I understand how you can fight Hitler. He's a real person. Jim Crow ain't no person. How you gonna fight somebody who ain't there? Curly asked. Don't know. Maybe somebody in the military who's smarter can explain that one to me. Y'all all right out here? Lenny Gray stepped onto the porch along with all of her other children. 
Yeah, we just talking, Curly said, attempting to loosen the constriction he felt around his throat. Lenny Gray moved towards Willie and looped her arms around his waist and gave him a loving squeeze. I never thought I would ever see anything like this, Lenny Gray admitted. Never thought I would have to deal with worrying about my child being so far away in places I ain't never seen a hide of. I always want to keep us all close together. Lenny Gray wanted to say more, but the words lodged in her throat. I know, Mama. Did they say when they coming for you? Curly asked. Three days. That's all I got left before they come for me. Well, I guess we'll have to make the most of those three days until you leave home. Where they sending you for training, boy? Curly asked. Let's say I got a report to Camp Shelby in Harrisburg. Willie craned his neck downward and kissed Lenny Gray on the top of her head. I'll be okay, Mama, Willie said as he came to accept that he was going to war. Here, Lenny Gray removed the crucifix that she had on. Keep this on at all times and pray every day, Willie. And I'll be praying every day for you to come back home safely. Lenny Gray gave Willie another tight hug and then began to sob. Oh, Lord. Why am I suffering like this? Lenny Gray began sobbing, and then she collapsed.